Welcome to the inaugural episode of Culture Curriculum. I am Isaac Klopfenstein, here with my beautiful wife, Jenna. Oh, thanks, babe. Hi, guys. We are just out, off of our living room in our little pub room that we have turned into a makeshift studio. If you want to see exactly what this setup looks like, feel free to check us out on Instagram at Culture Curriculum. And you can also follow us on Twitter. I am at iklop, I-K-L-O-P. And I am at Jenna Klopp, J-E-N-N-A-K-L-O-P. And in this first episode of Culture Curriculum, we're going to be giving you some background information about why Culture Curriculum exists and why we started it. We will also talk a little bit about our current beliefs about culture and our vision for Culture Curriculum as well as the mission for the podcast. So thanks for joining us and let's prepare to stay the course. So we want to give you some background information to start about why we started Culture Curriculum as well as the events that I guess that led up to it. So to take you back a little bit, I resigned my first head coaching job in earlier this spring and found myself at a place where I wasn't positive I wanted to continue to coach. It takes two of our most valuable resources, time and energy, in order to do it effectively. And I found myself wondering why I was putting so much time and energy into that, away from home, away from my son, away from my wife. Why was I doing that? And unless I was able to effectively answer that, I wasn't going to be looking for another head coaching job. Yeah, and Isaac and I are both coaches, as you might um have picked up or read on our website, you can go to our website. It's culturecurriculum.com. But we are both coaches. Isaac's high school basketball. He's coached AAU, and I coach college women's soccer. And we both talked about why we started to coach first. And I started coaching when I was 19 years old, and at that time I was playing Division One college soccer at Wright State University. Go Raiders. And I love the sport. I love soccer. I loved playing it. I love being around it. And that's why I got into coaching. I had a great opportunity to go back to my alma mater and coach high school soccer with my mom, who I adore and think the world of. And so my mom, my best friend and I coached there for several years. And over the the past 10 years, which is crazy to think it's been yeah. 10 years, over the past 10 years, the reason I coach has changed immensely. Yep. And Isaac would agree with me on that. The reason I coach now is so much different. It has little to do with the sport of soccer and everything to do with those girls that I coach and impacting them as people to be the best version of themselves. And so through various conversations, both with each other and with other people, those were the sort of questions that we were asking each other. You know, why do we coach? Why do we spend so much time and energy on this? And what we arrived at is when we've had the most fun coaching, when we have felt the most successful um, helping others be the best versions of themselves, has been on teams that have had excellent culture, elite culture. And... That was kind of the answer to my question. 
The only way I was going to get back into coaching is if I felt that I could go into a situation where I could help build elite culture. Because in those situations, those are the teams that achieve above what the individual capabilities would suggest they should be. I love that. Say that again. That culture, elite culture allows teams to achieve at a level above what the individual capabilities would suggest. Yeah. And I love that. And that's something that he shared with me through our conversations and something that we both believe too, the power of culture is so important because culture leads regardless of who is watching. Yeah. So when that leader steps away, we want that culture to run through the blood, the veins of our players and anybody in our program. So through those conversations, we really tried to break down, how do we do that? We know what it feels like. We know what it looks like because we've been a part of it. We've been a part of programs that have elite culture. We've been a part of programs that whose culture is lacking. How do we break it down? What are the bare components of what elite culture looks like? Because in order to instill it within our own teams and within any organization, we need to understand those components. The first thing that we found is that elite cultures have leaders with a clear and concise vision. And with this, we think about vision as being a North Star. So picture this with me. You are the pilot as a leader of an organization. You are the pilot or the captain of an old wooden ship. And it's nighttime. It's pitch black. And the only point of reference you have to steer that ship are the stars. So imagine your North Star as being your guiding light. It is how you steer the ship. It's how you steer the organization as a leader. It is what you are always going to point your ship towards and guide it in that direction. And a very important part of that vision is, like Isaac said, that it's clear and concise, but more importantly, that you, with everything inside of you, believe that vision and you're convicted in that vision that nothing anybody says or does can make you doubt yourself or make you waver from that vision. The phrase that we've come up with is uncompromising truth. That vision is an uncompromising truth in your life. Regardless of the circumstances, you will never go away from that North star away from that vision. It is something that you believe so deeply and so intensely that no circumstances will force you to steer away from that North Star. Because throughout the course of life, as the winds blow and the waves crash, that ship will get blown off course. And you're going to have those. That's, I mean, that's the doubters, that's the naysayers, that's negativity coming in. It's people questioning you. It's people giving their opinions. That's just the nature of us being humans. Yes. Everybody has a, an opinion. But you, if you're... If you're strong in your conviction and that belief towards your vision, then that's fine. You may listen, but you're not digesting what those people say. Yeah, you you believe it so intensely that no one's going to talk you away from that. It's something, in order to gain that conviction, this is a 
process. Creating that North Star, finding that North Star is a process. And it might be half the battle. Developing that North Star really might be half the battle. You can't go on without it. No. Nope. I mean, that you've got to start there. And we started there, Isaac and I, we started there outside of this culture curriculum and our passion for coaching and culture. We started there at our individual lives. Yeah. And we sat down and we wrote, we clearly wrote our vision for our life. And it, it's very powerful and it makes you think. And it's something that may sound obvious. And we're not saying that we have all the answers or that we know all. But what we're saying is it is 100% true that it's important to have a clear and concise vision for you as an individual and especially you as a leader. Yep. It makes your decision making much easier. When you've always got that North Star to point back towards, your decision-making becomes much easier. Which leads us to our second point. Like I said, the winds will blow, the waves will crash. You will have negativity. You will have doubters. And you will doubt some yourself. The second piece to building elite culture is staying the course. As the winds blow and the waves crash, you've got to make sure that that ship stays on the path that it should be on. And under stay the course, we have three bullet points that we refer to as the three P's. That first P is pause. And that means be in the moment, be aware of your surroundings. And that starts at an individual level that you pause before you react. And a lot of times we react on emotion. So that first component, just a quick example from a coaching standpoint is You know, a lot of times as coaches, we experience a player being late within a week, and it's very easy for us to get mad at that player for being late. But before we react on emotion and get mad at that player and maybe say hurtful things, we need to pause. We need to be aware of their body language, that maybe something happened that we're not aware of. And that leads us then to our second component, or sorry, our second P. Our second P is positive self-talk. So positive self-talk means get your mind right. Mindset is huge. It's, It's our ability to, like Isaac said, gear our mind back on track, back to stay the course. If you have a positive mindset, you're able to deflect negativity And to block out those naysayers. And I think what those first two components help you do with pause and positive self-talk, they help you to avoid making the impulsive decision. Because that impulsive emotional decision is rarely the most effective. So with these two things in mind, you are able to analyze and make a rational decision about what the next step should be. So that takes us to our third P. Our third P is purposeful, and that means be intentional. Be intentional in your thoughts, words, and actions. And when you are purposeful, when you are intentional, then Isaac always says this, it's linked to your outcome. What is your desired outcome? And I say that again, your desired outcome. So what you do, what you say, that is directly affects 
your outcome. So you got to think of that. What is your desired outcome on something? And that's part of your positive self-talk, getting your mind right. What do you want to happen? And then you have to be purposeful and intentional to achieve that. And what we're saying is that you're not always going to get the desired outcome. You can make the best possible response, have the best possible response to this particular event. You may not get the desired outcome, but the only piece that you have control of is your response to that situation. Absolutely. So those are the two things that we are very, we are very, or feel very strong about. Yeah. Is every leader every person needs a clear and concise vision. And then the second component, you need to stay the course. And in that stay the course is pause, positive self-talk and purposeful. Perfect. And these are not things that you can just all of a sudden snap your fingers and say, I'm going to start doing these things today. I'm going to start doing these things tomorrow. These are skills. They're skills that need to be practiced, that need to be developed And the more you do that, the better you will get at them. But it's not something that's going to happen immediately. It's going to take hard work. It is going to take work in order to become good at these three Ps, in order to become good at staying the course. So that kind of leads us to where we stand with culture curriculum. Like Jenna said, we went through this process both in our individual lives and our professional lives. And when we started thinking about What is our vision for our coaching careers? One thing that we wanted to do, and like I said at the beginning, I wanted to be able to help develop elite culture. And I believe we found out that the way you do that is by helping leaders be the best versions of themselves and giving them the tools to help others do the same. So our vision for culture curriculum is just that. We want to help build elite culture by helping you be the best versions of yourself and giving you the tools to help others do the same. Love it. And our mission for this podcast is that we want to learn from established leaders who have built elite cultures in their organizations. And through that, we want to help develop a cult or sorry, a curriculum for culture, necessarily a blueprint for culture. Yeah, we, like I said, that was our desire. We wanted to be able to impart an elite culture into the programs that we go into. And we believe that if we're able to break it down component by component, everyone else will be able to do the same. If we can draw out this blueprint, if we can create this curriculum that others can take into their organizations, into their teams, in order to build elite culture, that would be a very positive and, and impactful um, situation for us. Absolutely. That is helping you be the best version of yourself right along with us striving to be the best version of ourselves. Absolutely. They go together. So we are incredibly thrilled that you joined us for this first episode. Like I said, we wanted to give you some background information about why culture curriculum exists and the events that led up to that creation. We wanted to give you an idea of our vision for culture curriculum, as well as the mission for our podcast. We appreciate you joining in today. If you want to continue to follow us, please do that on Twitter. Again, you can find me at iClop. And me at Jenna Klopp. 
Like Jenna mentioned earlier, we also have a website where you can find more about us as well as any updates that we have. You can visit our website at culturecurriculum.com. We also, as I mentioned, are on Instagram at Culture Curriculum and on YouTube at Culture Curriculum. Yeah, guys, I can't um, reiterate what Isaac just said enough. We greatly appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us. I know that there's many options out there, but we are very passionate about this and we are very honest with you that we don't know everything, but we are so excited to learn from leaders and to learn alongside of you. And we could not be more thrilled to stay the course with all of you. So let's continue to stay the course. <laughs>